Welcome to the I'm Possible podcast. My name is Simon Drew, and I'm your host as we delve into the lives of my wonderful individual and unique guests. With a series of direct questions, my intention is to bring a deeper understanding of how humans learn to first survive and then thrive in this lifetime. My guests will be invited to reflect on their journey so far and the keys to their own growth and the best and worst of experiences. Please join me as we explore together the I'm Possible life. My first guest is Jeff Lester. Hefe, as he is known amongst his friends, has a unique story to tell. He's experienced a shift in life in some ways very similar to my own. I met Hefe within one of our mutual online communities around a year ago. Specifically, I invited him to join me here today as he is the person who guided me through the most impactful one-hour class I have ever undertaken. In just one single session of yin yoga with Hefe, I immediately gained significantly more functional hips. After decades of extensive warm-ups prior to exercise, and indeed during my everyday moving around, I was able to squat at any moment to a level around six inches deeper than previously. Hefe gets a whole heap of kudos from me for both his clearly excellent guidance and his wonderful style of class delivery. He has a unique way of conveying and guiding one into being in one's body and how to deal with discomfort. It is quite a wonderful experience that I see as being very transferable to day-to-day life. Hefe has practiced and built businesses across the globe. He is a true master of his craft. So without further ado, I put my first question to the one and only Hefe Lester. Please paint a backdrop of your early life up to adulthood, the where's, who's, what's and how's of your upbringings, key events and situations until you fled the nest, so to speak. Yeah, great question. Uh, Well, like I imagine a lot of people in the healing space, and I'm sure quite a few, um, I had a a challenging upbringing. Like I had a lot, there was tumultuousness in the household and um, there was... Part of that was a lot of um, uh, drug abuse, suicide were the things that were surrounding me as I grew up. And what did I do with that? Like, how did I, how did I experience that? And one of the things, one of the biggest themes of my growing up was being very overweight. And so I was uh, around 290 pounds at my heaviest and all through childhood, I was incredibly overweight. So that's a big theme for me. And what else was there? There was the, the understanding that something isn't right here and, and sort of the, and the dynamics that I saw between my mother and my, her brother, my uncle, my sister. And there was, there was a lot of conflict among that group of people mm. in my life. And so I saw that and, and it was very interesting because I've, I've noticed the, the way that I think and the way that I create space uh, in my life, even from a young age, I could see that and I could see there was a sense of craziness to it. So I always had a degree of space from that. And really the, 
gaining weight in the in the relationship with food was a way another way of numbing that because I'm quite sensitive and I've I've only yeah, realized yeah. that the last several years of of my journey and so in the middle of this of course I want to say there's there's obviously great parts of my childhood too that I love and appreciate my relationship with my dad and growing up and p- playing baseball however what another sense of armor that I put on in addition to the weight gain was to immerse myself in academics and to be really good at academia. And I, and I wore this as a chip on my shoulder, so, so to speak that, well, if I'm going to be really overweight and and not appealing in that way, physically or, or, or very sporty, I at least need to be very smart. And my mother definitely uh, supported that. And in a way that, you know, she really made sure that I was going to be the smart and the, the best in the class. And, and I felt like anything else was a bit of a failure. So I had that, that energy, that drive to, to perform academically. And, uh, you know, go, growing up, I, my parents divorced when I was three. So I, I lived with my mother and because I lived with her and I, I got to experience her full time, it was the heavier, more dense, like I've got to study, I've got to do all this. And I felt tons of pressure. And there was a lot of the, you know, the dynamics that were happening. Um, and so when I would go visit my dad every other weekend, which was the negotiated terms, it would be like complete freedom. So I had this sense of, of heaviness being at home and, and like a lot of the intensity of emotion that I would numb out and, and do that through food. And then I would go to my dad's place and I would experience like what, what felt like a complete freedom. And my dad was always really good about letting me be exactly who I was and never felt judged for being overweight over there. So that was really special. And I, and I mentioned these themes because I noticed them a, a lot in my adulthood as well and how that, that dynamic comes up. And so basically... I moved through life being very overweight, very good at school. That's how I got my attention. That's how I got my recognition was through being good academically. I was a good boy. I, I saw all the, all the craziness happening around me. And I was like, well, F that. I want to be a good, like, I want to stay straight and narrow and just keep myself out of that drama as well as I could. So I have a strong radar for drama and a strong adversity towards towards drama so that's something that's definitely a theme in my life and so when I was um 16 one of the biggest challenging moments that I experienced was my uncle committed suicide and he was close he was a father figure for me on that side with you know living with my mother and my grandmother and my sister there was a ton of maternal energy and feminine energy and my uncle was more of a, a father figure on that side and when, when, you know, he, he took his life, that was like very significant. And that was very intense for me. And another um, theme of that is just the, the drug abuse and the, I mean, it wasn't for my uncle, it was clear drug abuse, but on my mother's side, it was pharmaceutical medication and being overprescribed and consistently over-medicated and not really there. And I could tell I can tell when somebody's taking a pain pill and I can tell when their eyes start to glaze over and they're not really with me. So these are the themes that I, that I grew up with and, and very challenging. And I'm, I'm grateful for all of it because, you know, as we've gone on our healing journey, we recognize these as, um, capable, you know, a beautiful story to unravel and to know more about myself and how I can help and support others. So the weight loss that began when I left home, 
the weight, the, the weight gain, the relationship with food was all around numbing out. It was eating in secrecy. It was comforting myself through eating. And I didn't recognize it at the time, obviously. And, and of course I wanted to lose weight. It happened when I left home and I went to university. And when I had the space, I got out of that dynamic, the toxicity of that household and was able to start to be myself and start to curate the experiences I liked. I could, I could really felt, I felt that sense of freedom. And I, and that's really a big part of who I am. Like it really is a big part of who I am to this day is, is finding freedom, finding, exploring and, and being on my own as well. And so the weight loss started with a, a beautiful friend of mine. This is, this is the leaving the nest, so to speak, is um, my childhood best friend and I went to the same university we started at. And I became really good friends with his brother and his sister-in-law because they were there, um, living there and studying there, working at the university as well. And she was overweight and started to do a group fitness weight loss program in that uh, the facility at that university, like the gym. And the semester I saw her do that, I started getting up and going to the workouts because movement is very much a part of who I am. I need to move. I need to be able to move. And I started falling in love with exercise. And the next semester, I joined the same program. It was essentially the biggest loser um, that TV show made for college students, for universities. And so I had a trainer, I had you know, a group of trainers, and they were starting to educate us on diet and nutrition, and we were having regular workouts. And I took it, and I took that same energy and drive that I had towards excelling academically, like a competitiveness almost to pursuing weight loss. And it was a huge tr physical transformation. I lost 40 pounds, like two stone, two and a half stone, something like that in uh, the matter of three months. And it was the first time I could physically see a difference in my physique, in my body. And what a powerful thing to see that in the mirror is that this is all working. And I started to, to get it. I started to get what a healthy lifestyle is. And so fast, fast forward a year or two, and I've lost most of the weight that I've kept off for the last decade now, more than, and that was the big first physical transformation for me. And that's, that what's really is what I start the, the story of how I am a very transformational person for myself and helping others do the same is that first physical transformation, of course, that cracked, only cracked the surface of the deeper inner transformation that was to come. And I, I think that's basically the story of how I started in my childhood and um, to the point where I got out of the nest and getting out of the nest was a big deal for me. Yeah, it sounds like you were locked, certainly. I mean, the thing is, as you just said, the, the pattern of behavior you were, you were you kind of emanating, if you like, during your childhood with your mother, um, the clear difference between that and the relationship with your father, you were clearly under some level of internal and external pressure from outside of you, from your mother, most likely around your performance at school. Um, and it's interesting is how, how, for some reason, the kind of love, not love, hate, but, um, you know, the idea of um, you got a bit tough love. So she wanted the best for you. And of course, it felt like pressure to you a lot of the time. And um, but at the same time, she was doing it from a place of wanting you to be your best self. And, that, and that's what parent that's the difficult 
tread tread a path that parents have to take is you know and and sometimes it's you know as i've learned a lot about childhood and education systems over my lifetime and i think i'm much more aware now that the idea of i'm just putting this in here right just to kind of talk yeah. about education and the, and the way we perceive it is that you know the idea of being much more playful around education certainly when you're younger up till about 10 years old just to allow yourselves to flourish and if we hadn't yes. got that pressure each of us you know we've all been through westernized kind of school systems i'm sure um or both of us um there's that early pressure that comes in that actually causes such a lot of dysfunctional learning as well as a lack of really understanding who you are because you don't get chance yeah. to explore the world the, the world of play that much you know it becomes a, a, a kind of it's like, like almost like chocolate or sweet things as a treat you know the playtime becomes a treat and actually it should be part exactly. of the whole learning experience and uh, and we'll then gravitate more naturally towards finding what our true kind of calling is and um, that's me going off on a quick rant <laughs> uh thanks for that <laughs> the disconnection yeah, yeah. And that and that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. You felt disconnected. You were being forced in a particular way of behaving. And and the only outlet you had at the time was in theory, you know, that you could identify was to eat and enjoy your food more, to kind of get a little bit of a high and make yourself feel better, exactly. just feel better exactly. through that energy shift in the food eating. Um and I was I think I, I was a chubby child. I, I relate to it as being chubby. And uh, I was quite, I wasn't massively overweight, but enough to know that it wasn't culturally nice or a pleasant thing to be. <laughs> Do you know what right. I mean? I, and, you know, and I, I, I remember a funny thing I've got around food is um, I remember it, we didn't, well, I was brought up in a quite a poor family. Um, and I remember when there wasn't much food in the house and we'd have sugar sandwiches. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so you literally get two butter slices of bread, smear of butter on it, pour sugar on it, slap it together and eat that. But, you know, that's the perfect diabetes kind of diet, of oh, course. <laughs> Looking yeah, back my now. mom would eat that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's um, like wartime food. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. And 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 that's that's at times what it felt like, you know. I mean, I'm sure you probably went through some difficult moments in your, in your life as you were growing up with parents maybe arguing in front of you and things like that that more stress around you you know yeah. like you say medicated uh, people around you as well because they get they're not with it then they're not really feeling what's really going on certainly not in themselves and not with other people of course because they just haven't got the, the ability to in, the, in in with those toxic um things in their body um cool let's move on brother thank you for sharing so far i really appreciate um what you shared I, I was unaware um of, of all of that so it's great to get to know you better and understand the depth of your experience um all right next question what are the key points of your progression through your adult life to where you are today from those early years uh, you know kind of getting into university and having this transformation yeah absolutely i mean it, it is there's definitely a through line because while I was pursuing academic and in, in, in this sense of pressure we talked about that is not only coming from parental figures, but also from the, the structure of how we organize Western education of needing to know what I'm going to do. And my grandfather, uh, my mother's father was an engineer. And for some reason, I, I had to be good at math and science and become an engineer. And, and for whatever reason, I adopted that personality and that 
goal. And it, and I know it really wasn't mine because I, I did not have that um, space or uh, support in order to discover and connect and be who I was from a young age. And so I, I went down this, this amazing journey of like, I say amazing because there's, I wouldn't trade it for anything of uh, pursuing a degree in engineering. And this is so much informed by pleasing, um, being a good boy, by uh, being mother's star child and everything like that. And as well as these other external motivations of, you know, the status of engineering being perceived as smart, the, the income, um, so all of that. And, and these are all different masks we can say or uh, pieces of armor that I was wearing on that were really hiding my true self from the world. And then that big weight loss journey, like that, there's a, there's a physicality. It's something that somebody can see, right? Wow. It's like, whoa, you lost all that weight. I don't, I don't even recognize you anymore. And there's also the starting to break into the deeper layers of who I am, because everything I shared about my upbringing, it wasn't, you know, I couldn't talk about that in the awareness and the understanding without having gone on a much deeper journey past that. And so the, the weight loss really started to crack the foundations of what am I doing here? What do I want to do? And I start asking the question, which is a powerful question. What do I want to do? And recognizing that I wanted to connect and I wanted to help and support others. And I wanted to uh, live a life that I could travel, which is very much a part of who I am and support others and like it, it needed to be meaningful for me if it's not meaningful for me i just i'll run the other direction it's it's painful and so in the midst of asking these questions and having these conversations i start to to realize for myself that i'm i'm not finding this in engineering i'm not finding this in engineering so the the momentum that i carried from high school and early on in college of working really hard and, and excelling and, and working to be at the top of my class carried me through to, to graduate. And I finished with highest honors at one of the you know best schools you can go to for engineering. And I'm here left with like, okay, now what? And, and it very interesting. This is where my mother passes away when I, just before I graduated. And so, you know, my mother had a, a, a journey with cancer, for many years, um, the chemotherapy, the radiation, the, the near-death experience, there were times when, um, there was a time when I was 12 that, you know, I wasn't, I was told by the doctors that she wasn't going to make it through the night, and yet she persevered, and finally, you know, after a decade of being prescribed very strong pain medicine, having had the chemo, the radiation, she succumbed to the, to the after effects, really, of all of that. And her passing away was, you can imagine, was huge for who, for my identity, really, because so much of what I was doing was in the aim of, of a vision that she had more than I had. And of course, I loved, you know, I, I, I like to excel at, at school, like I liked getting good grades and I liked to, you know, to apply myself and get results. And it wasn't, it really wasn't uh, an expression of who I am. And I started to find this expression through the weight loss. And I started loving group fitness. I started loving running. I started loving being an active, um, more healthy, more embodied individual. And in the midst of finding that passion, finding that love, I started teaching group fitness classes. And this is when I was in college. 
And so it's the first taste of, of me pursuing and actualizing something that I really love to do. And of course, I've had this weight, this momentous weight of pride around what it means to be an engineer, the status, the significance, and that's all built into the culture of that university as well. And the idea of being, you know, like quitting all that and going to teach group fitness and to be a you know, a coach in that capacity was something I just put down so quickly. I mean, it was, it was just, it's so funny to see that. And when my mother passed away, well, it, it broke open a new layer of, well, what am I here to do? And, and so I knew I wanted to travel. So I, I continued my studies and I started a master's degree and I lived in France at, at a satellite campus studying engineering. And, you know, I thought, well, if I love the group fitness and I love um, you know, this movement around health, well, then maybe I can keep my engineering and design clothes and shoes that are, that are great for, for people wanting to be active and, um, you know, really good material and things like that. So I went to this campus in France and I find out that, well, all I really wanted to do was travel in the end. And I was, I was studying material science for, you know, aircraft and for vehicles and things that are just completely different than what I had aspired to study. And it got so hard because Simon, I lost the will. I totally lost the will. I no longer had this desire to apply myself the way I could in the past. And it was a, it was a death. It was a total death of that person that was able to sit down and apply himself to this work because I knew my heart wasn't in it. And, and a part of that, and when I reflect on it, is like I found something my heart was in and I loved and I made great connections before I left to France and running groups, teaching fitness, whether it was indoor cycling or boot camps. I, had, I, I created and found community around that and I absolutely adored it. And so here I am in France, a small campus, not in a smaller town, and there is just zero group fitness scene. The French, they will, they love to walk, smoke cigarettes, drink wine and eat baguettes. And so there was, I mean, and, 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 and you, you might laugh, but like in small town France. No, no, it's true. It is true. I've been, been there many times. <laughs> and there's a part of me that yearns to be there and stay like that as well, but, yeah. because there's a, there's a cultural thing around it. But yeah, I, I really yeah. get that. Yeah. Um, and so here I am. And, and if I'm going to have my group fitness community, I have to create it. So I spent a lot of time and energy and inviting peers from campus, inviting other students from other colleges around to, to join me in group fitness. And I created a community where we had a weekly program where we were doing boot camp classes, running. And I even had a friend, a, a, a fellow student who was a yoga teacher at the time. And she started teaching yoga. Now I had getting into the yoga. I had dabbled in yoga and even as a part of my weight loss journey yoga was there and as a runner yoga was there but it was never like i never got the big download of how important yoga was going to be in my life until i started doing yoga a little bit more in this group fitness um community i created and well the one of a, a you know a tremendous pivotal shift and i'll talk about this later because i know that question is coming up was was the moment where i decided to to shed the skin of being an engineer and everything that meant to be and really pursue that and so that's that was a, a momentous um experience that i can that i can talk about in, in really detail because i remember the moment and when i made that decision and when i when i really recognized that this is what i love to do fuck it i'm going to do it like I need to, I need to be able to do it. 
um, I left the school, I quit my master's degree. And within six months, I was living in London in the UK. And I, I transitioned into a different degree program there that was more aligned with what I like to do, which was around, it was biomechanics. So I got to keep the engineering, the mechanics part of it, but I got the bio, I got the human in there, the actual life. And as you, you can imagine, um, going through the physical transformation, working towards more understanding self-optimization, wanting to be healthier, wanting to be fitter, wanting to apply myself more intelligently, understand my psychology. I'm reading tons of self-development books and psychology books and habit and mindset and performance books at the time, yet there's still this part of me. And it was really like, it was a really empty feeling, like the hole of a donut. I'm, I'm looking for that peace and, and understanding at an, at an intellectual, at a mind level, all these concepts for, for you know, living your best life and stoic philosophy, whatever it is you want to do, I was, I was into it. And I wasn't feeling that in myself. So it was a sense of, of missing something and, and quite a, a deep sense of missing something. When I went to live in London, um, it's a funny story because the first week I was there, even before I got there, I started looking for a bicycle because I loved riding a bike. Before I left Georgia, where I was before, I had sold my truck because I knew I was going to live in France. And I started riding my bike all over town as a way of having more exercise. So I started looking for a bicycle and, and, um, in, in the UK, I was I got one off Gumtree, and it was this old battered up um, bike with pink handlebars and single. It was it was single, single gear, speed. So yeah, single speed, speed, yeah, and it was single speed, and it, it, it didn't have the reverse way bearing, so you yeah, had to so keep it lock, locked. Yeah, yeah, had They're to very keep popular actually. Yeah. yeah, I know it was very. It was all yeah. the the rage. <laughs> yeah. So I get I, I meet the guy and I get this bike and I start riding it and I realize that I couldn't stop pedaling and it was the first time i rode a bike like that and it, was like, it was terrifying because i'm like i want this bike and i get it and now i'm i'm riding a bike in in central london with all the cars and traffic there on the other side of the road that i'm used to a bike that i'm terrified to ride and within i'm not joking within 24 hours of having that bike i'm like all right i gotta sort this out i gotta get the bearing that lets me coast so i'm not always having to pedal and on the way to that bike shop, I walked into the yoga studio. I walked into the House of Yoga in Southwest London, Putney, and I'd signed up for the 30-day program, for the 30-day introductory offer, 30 days of yoga for 30 pounds at the time. And that was a huge, I mean, that's that's where the story starts, is me being a yoga teacher, me embodying self-development and a conscious lifestyle. And that is just evolved over the last six, six and a half, seven years now. And um, getting into that community, getting, getting connected with what yoga really is and having the immersive experience was transformational. And what I mean by immersive experience is I had a 30 day introductory offer free or yoga for 30 days, as much as I wanted for 30 pounds. And I'm still in a college student mindset. I'm like, I'm going to go for 30 days and I'm only going to pay one quid for each class and I'm going to get the best bargain ever. Because I did that, I got the deep, uh, as deep as anyone can get, download of the yoga practice and the intelligence. The almost, isn't it? Yeah. 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 It's yeah. something else. Like it's something else. It's different than going to yoga once or twice a week or two or three times a week, going every day, connecting in that community was very special too. I felt welcomed. I felt connected. And they had a, they put 
special emphasis on, you know, what yoga is more than just a physical practice. And if you'd asked me what healing was before getting into that yoga community and really connecting with the yoga as a philosophy, as a practice, as a science for self-development, I would have said healing is you get a scratch and it goes away. I mean, you, you get a bruise and it goes away. That was healing. And, and for me, it was purely physical. Yet, I knew I was carrying the weight of my past with me. And, and I tell you that my uncle's suicide, my mother's passing away, and, and ha- how she passed away was just un- in, un- in no uncertain terms graceful. It was messy. It was a lot of going in and out of emergency rooms and a lot of being in a coma. And, and eventually, I mean, I was the one that said, okay, this is like enough is enough. I have the power of attorney to say, if she's not going to pull through this, then we'll move her to the hospice. And like, what a, a formative decision to make at the age of 21, 22, And, um, I was carrying that with me and it felt like somebody did. It felt like, you don't really know me if you don't know what I've been through. And I carried that with me. And it was in my, my journey through deciding I chose to do the yoga teacher training. Simon, I lived, I moved to London in order to teach spin classes. I'm not joking. I, I came to teach um, group fitness and indoor cycling classes because I loved it. I was all about it. And that whole idea shifted when I started practicing yoga and it's very similar. It's just deeper. And it's, it's deeper in that sense that I was able to connect. I was able to fill the hole of that donut of, okay, so this yoga practice has the potential to help me resolve, help me understand, help me integrate. And this is all language I'm using now and, and language I would have, wouldn't have understood back then, but I was just starting really a journey of healing for myself. And of course, the physical transformation was all part of that. And then now the yoga starts with emotional healing, understanding the present moment and the power of the present moment. So I took that like a man on fire. I started doing the yoga teacher training, huge transformational experience in that because there's an emphasis on yoga as self-development, yoga as transformation, going inward. Exactly. And I realized, you know, there's no ceiling to this. I felt like for the first time, it was something I could trust to really support me. It was the first time I trusted myself to, to um, deeply jump in and fully commit to something because there was never that full commitment to the engineering because I never, I knew that I always was like teetering on the edge. It's like, yeah, I'm doing this because I feel like I'm supposed to, and my heart's not it's really. Somebody else's agenda, wasn't it? Basically, exactly. and sadly, but you know, you it's, you excelled in it, and um, you know, you rode that wave in from that energy that you were getting from your mother. Um, are we? Are we almost? I know there's probably a little bit more about yeah. getting up to date here. I think we're up to date now. That you obviously did. You move back to the states at some point. Did you? How did you progress from this new? idea of understanding yourself and being able to flourish as it were yeah the so my visa was a student visa the the course i did there was totally on the back burners i finished it Uh, my whole whole attention went towards yoga in the yoga studio and and being a part of that community and my visa expired a couple a few months after my yoga teacher training ended and what was I, I was reconciling, what am I going to do now? And I felt full of possibility. Like it was, it was definitely exciting. However, I was, I was very sad to leave London and I did want to stay at the time. 
So very pivotal moment for me was having a conversation with one of the facilitators on this training. And I told her she had, she left a very big impact, an incredible presence this woman had. And um, I told her, well, I'm going to go to India. I, I, I had met a, a good yoga, a great yoga teacher and friend who was going to give a retreat in India. And I decided that I was going to go to India for three weeks. And then I was going to go back to the States. Just that same morning, I had the conversation with her as we were lying down on our backs in Shavasana. If you're used to, if you've ever done yoga before at the end, you just lie down on your back and take it all in. And my mind is going towards, yeah, I'm going to go back to Georgia and I'm going to start a yoga studio and all this and all that. And then I had the conversation five hours later with her and she's lived in India for dec you know, she's decades schooled and and very deep into the into her wisdom through yoga and i told her well i'm going to go to india for three for well i told her i was going to go to india and then she asked me how long are you going to go and because of the impact i had she had on me i said well how long do you think i should go my initial plan was for three weeks she said i think you should go for as long as you can stay and so i got uh, immediately shifted pivoted there and like i got a six-month visa instead of just a three-week one and i went and i went and i traveled india i continued studying i started to own this this part of me that wants to travel and and become a teacher and i was teaching yoga in india and i was deepening my practices and really that's where the first big opportunity came where jack who was um the friend i talked about who was leading the retreat in india asked, hey, I'm starting my, my yoga school, Happy Jack Yoga. Do you want to be a part of the team? And do you want to help create our courses and, and teach workshops for us? And that for me, that was a big yes, because it meant continuing to travel, deepening my yoga practice, deepening my, my practice as a teacher, um, offering more deeper experiences, which is something I, I grew very fond of more than just like the 60 or 90 minute yoga class. I wanted to create a deeper experience because it had such a huge effect on me. So that's, I mean, if you take that, those three things I just said, traveling the world, teaching yoga, um, deepening the, the, my own practice and, and deepening how I share that with others through facilitating trainings, um, you know, courses, et cetera. Uh, that's been me for the last four and a half, five years now. And it's just the iteration and the evolution of that. And that, and that really takes me up to here. And now I'm in the States um, through, through lockdowns. I was traveling and teaching and being a part of yoga teacher trainings um, all around the world until you guessed it, 2020. I was in India whenever, funny story, I was in India when the world started to lock down. I got locked down in India. So that's a fascinating wow. experience. <laughs> yeah. Great place to be. <laughs> great place to be. Great place to be. And the last, uh, wow, two years now, um, getting getting close to two years now, I've been more between the states and Mexico, do, doing my doing the very same thing. It's just shifted a little bit more online um, teaching. And and fun story, I'm back teaching with the with the yoga studio in the UK. I teach their online yoga teacher trainings uh, with the with the same people I worked with before. So it came full circle in a really awesome way. And I get to spend time with my UK mates often. Fantastic. That's 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 really cool. Um you're flourishing, brother. That's the way I mentioned I mentioned that word earlier. And it seems to me that you found your place to to flourish and be your real self and you know, really trust in your own knowledge and awareness to take you forward. It's it's wonderful. Amen to that. 
What single moment, event or issue has produced the most impactful realisation and opportunity for you to grow? Specifically, what happened and how you moved beyond it and flourished? Yes, I touched on this before with the the shift from, you know, here I am and a master's degree completely out of my depth as I've lost the will and the desire to continue that journey. And I was in, I was in school and I, I felt the weight, the burden of that part of me that still wants to succeed and still wants to accomplish what it is I've set out to do. Yet there's like, there's been a death here that's made rendered me seemingly incapable of, of following through on this. And, um, I was walking back, there's a beautiful campus, and I was walking back from campus, from school to my dorm, and I had just failed an exam or something, like, or just bombed it, and I was in a miserable state of mind, and I was looking down at the ground, and my physiology was just heavy and grim, and I'm running through my head just all this suffering and all this, you know, stories about what, you know, what have I gotten myself into, am I going to be able to pass, who am I going to let down, et cetera, et cetera. And then I, my gaze looks up and, and towards the right, and I see the soccer field, the football pitch, where I've been leading boot camp classes and created community and had a lot of fun and great experiences. And it was that a, a dramatic energy shift. It was almost a tearing in my fabric. Like that was such a dramatic energy shift to get, be from that state of mind to looking over there. And I felt a full deep breath and I felt this full expansion. And it was in that very, in that moment that I said, okay, that's what I want to do. And I need to, to give myself the best chance to do it. And it was that, that was the moment I decided before I got, you know, five minutes walk to my dorm room, had I decided I, I'm, I'm going to quit this program. And I've started putting that, those thought, that thought process energy into that. And like, how is this going to happen? And what am I going to do? And I had since when I was living in France is a great place to travel and visit other places in Europe. I visited a friend in London and I fell in such deep, quick love with London. It was a faded, it was a faded uh, trip because I, re I realized that um, some, some part of me just felt at home here and in, in the UK and, and in London. And I was like, all right, well, I'm going to, apply to some schools in London, see if I can get in and on a student visa and, um, and, and teach group fitness. That was it. That was, as, it was as simple as that for me. And yet it felt completely uncaged. It com it felt completely uncaged compared to how I was. And so that, that was a very pivotal moment moment because it's when I recognize these moments and I imagine, uh, many of us have experienced something like that that is very pivotal. And if we answer that call, so we get that experience, right? That's one thing. Answering the call is another thing because it's a complete leap of faith. And it was a shed of skin, shedding of skin. And of course I had doubts. Of course I had fear. What would my dad think? What would, you know, what am I going to do financially now? And what, you know, what does that mean for my engineering career? Can I still make, make it work? And that's the thing that I started to recognize is I was trying to make it work as opposed to really doing what I love. So when we answer that call, and, I, and I'm a firm believer that this is a universal experience, everything in the universe, all the powers 
all the energy starts to conspire in our favor towards making that happen. Mm, and, absolutely. and I got the benefit of the doubt from the university um, mainly. I mean, some of my professors begged me to stay and like, I'll give you a D you don't, you don't have to drop out. And I'm, no, no, you motherfucker. That's an no incentive, thing. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> like no thanks. Who wants a D for Christ's sake? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and that was the uh, universe speaking to you there, Jeff. That yeah, was. exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And um, they let me stay on as an assistant for the, the summer period as I started to get my situation in order. And I applied for, I actually went to London and looked at one school, visited one school, met with one professor, applied, got in for biomechanics. And it was very simple. Like it was very easy. And this is what I mean. It's like that leap of faith is so terrifying. And then what comes after that often is an easeful like flow, wow just yeah flow, exactly just, <laughs> the wind was at my sails and i got my visa and i got got to the uk and like the you know just as the story goes within two days three days of being there i first was just in love with being in the city and the, the energy of the city at the time and i walked into the house of yoga in putney and i mean that's that's where it begins and it has come full circle amazingly um to be a first a student there you know an outsider completely new to the community to being a part of the community to going on the journey of yoga teacher training with them to teaching to having to leave and then eventually coming back and facilitating yoga teacher training with them um five five six years later at, during the lockdowns and everything so yeah tremendous Fantastic, journey brother. And and the layers keep coming, man. I, I keep getting opportunity to grow because I've committed my life to um, self-development, exploration. How can I manifest this in terms of teaching? What I really love to do is to teach, to present, to to share what has has worked for me. What you know, my awareness of how things work for the human being in order to help others and inspire them to. I mean, wake up is essentially the, the word, wake up more, wake up even more. So there's a waking up and then there's a waking up even more. And we can keep waking up until we die. I, I really believe that we can keep going deeper into this. And that's really where I am. And uh, of course, the, the journey, I've evolved more, healed more from my past, you know, the difficulties of childhood and everything is just coming to me to support that and create what I'm creating. Yeah. What what I really love is the uh, that the clarity you brought to the to the question right off the bat in insofar as there's and we all have these moments and we most of us I know I before I really start to understand myself and my own psychology if you like um, and this is a while ago probably. 20, 20, 20, 23 years ago, something like that. That's when I did a, a fair amount of self-development um, and um, started to see the op the opportunity to see th things in a different way. And, and it's only really when you see there's, when there's some energy within you that wants to move forward 
or not be in this uncomfortable place that you might you're clearly experiencing at the moment. If you're not feeling uncomfortable, you don't have an opportunity to recognize that there's another way to be or another way to look at something, a different perspective. And it's only in that difficulty, that uncomfortable sensations, which you clearly had as you walked from that exam and you, you know, your, your body energy was all negative, if you like. And, you know, you're probably not feeling like you wanted to even walk anyway. You probably felt like just lying on the floor and falling asleep or something, you know, so <laughs> kind of down. Um, and, um, and then you had that moment. And that's the moment of perception to see an alternative, just like you did. You saw the opportunity for something that really called you into being something else, the energy shift. And that's really what we call an energy shift and a recognition of the energy. Yes. Um, and your mood changes, your hum hormones start to kick off in different ways and you start to have that optimistic sensation or at least the idea that there's not just one way to live your life in this particular area. Um, and I think that's a really important thing. It's very difficult sometimes to see where there's an opportunity to be different unless you're uncomfortable. And yes. many people do just like you, I, and probably, well, I'm not going to say probably, take out the probably, everybody else in the world who's ever suffered through anything in their childhood specifically, because that's the time when we don't really have the cognitive ability to register what we're experiencing. We're just actually almost nature doing its thing. So we just react to the stimuli around us and try and, and get through it somehow. So, you know, you, you ate to, to kind of keep that energy inside, to keep yourself appeased, if you like, um, no. content, or at least distracted from yeah. the deeper uncomfortable sensations that you're experiencing around the pressure from your mother. Similarly for me, it was around the pressure and stress around being around my father at home. Um, and I was very, I was a very good boy until I was about 10. And you'll be able to listen to me interviewing myself in my own podcast soon <laughs> to, to hear more about my story. Um, so I don't, I'm not going to say too much about my thing because you'll be able to listen to that separately. Um, but thanks for being so clear on that, Jeff, that point of that moment. So I'd invite anybody listening to this to really hunt for those moments of understanding, of awareness of yourself and look for where you may be able to have a different perspective on your own awareness and experience of something. There's always an opportunity to be not the same as you normally being. Um, yes. You know, it could be in a relationship with somebody. It could be in a statement you feel like you need to keep saying to somebody. It could, it might feel like, oh, I've got to, they need to be told what to do. No, they don't necessarily need to be told what to do. You could probably nurture the conversation in a different way. And it's simple things like that that some kind, sometimes can be the little key to unlocking your own psychology around different things or events or people. Um, and we could talk quite a long time about this kind of material, yeah. couldn't we? But um, can I make one comment on that? Is, yeah. is the the difference I felt from going through the, the self-development phase and, and really educating myself through books was very different. And it, like there's still a hole in the donut in that experience. There's something missing to you going and being a part of the, the yoga community where I'm practicing and, and embodying these teachings, this philosophy, so that I get the download, so that I get the experience, right? Very, very different because I was lost. I was still lost and empty, even knowing so much about psychology yeah. and understanding. Although that's serving my awareness 
and helping me, of course, the ability to integrate that, to start to put that in and embody that is, is the place of most gratifying transformation, I find. Absolutely, yeah. This is a theme that's been coming through in some of the other recordings I've been doing this week. It's the first week of recording for me on this podcast, as you're aware. Um, and it's 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 definitely the idea. We're, we're all... So, when, we, when you see those moments, opportunities to be a different way around something... The thing to do is start to look to materials and you start to read a lot. You might listen to podcasts yeah. or watch yeah. interviews or watch particular kinds of movies, speak to particular kinds of people. You start to try different practices, uh, you know, different fitness pieces, different coaches in fitness and health and well-being. You might try different foods. You might try different diets. You could try different chemicals and <laughs> all sorts of different wonderful things, right? Um, and at the end of the day, the knowledge is not the, the thing the actual experience and as you say the embodying and we'll talk about embodiment maybe maybe later on maybe in a later podcasts with different people as well but it's the idea that you actually take ownership and you actually own the experience of those practices and all and some of the material that you'll have learned and it becomes part of you and you start to integrate that in the way that you filter the world around you how you have different perspectives around different things and it becomes a way a different way of being you uh, mm -hmm. in a way that works for you in a much more natural way that yes. feels right and it just feels right it feels part of you doesn't it it feels yeah. there's no there's no friction in in trying to be a particular way it just makes life much more rich and glorious and you just feel more whole <laughs> yeah if you could implement only one action or practice in times of adversity what would it be and why such a good question. And it's a fun question to ask somebody that has spent a decade acquiring and practicing these, these tools. And so there's so many, and then it becomes difficult. It's like, which of your favorite children do you want to? <laughs> so I've been asked this question in a, in a different way of like, if you could do nothing else, what would be your go-to? And I want to preface my go-to with, the impact that the, the meditation practice seated, paying attention, observing, becoming acquainted with our ability to be awareness and to, to observe. So then we start to see our thought process. We start to see ourselves as a landscape and more complete. And then the tools within meditation practice, observing the breath, observing the body, all these are amazing, um, tools of transformation that, that happen in a, in a magical way that's who knew doing nothing could be so transformational. Right. And so that's, that's what I preface this with. And is if I had nothing else, I would still choose to go for long walks, long walks. And the reason I say that is because there's, there's an element of meditation in a long walk. There's getting, and I mean long walks in nature without your cell phone or music or anything in your ears so that you can be with yourself and start to digest your experience and, and your moving energy. So I'm getting, I'm getting a lot out of that walk there. And it's, it's, it's in the, and I say that in knowing the benefits of my meditation practice, the benefits of my movement practice, the benefits of getting out and breathing fresh air. And, and especially in nature, if possible, 
is a trifecta of just goodness. So that's that would be my if you told me I couldn't use anything else, I would be like, fine, I'm I'm walking and I'll be happy with that. Yeah, that's wonderful. Um, I, I I actually put walking down to being one of the things, the bedrocks of my own self awareness development over the last ten years. Having a dog, <laughs> because it, and it and it took it took me until about probably two or three years ago to realise um, that it had been a. A, literally a bedrock of my activity without me even being conscious of it having such a benefit for me um there's there's something to being out and i'm luckily enough to live in nature pretty much the literally the back garden is straight onto fields and sort oh, of cool. woody areas and things um, so i'm very lucky in that respect um so my dog has been a a partner in my transformation um without she doesn't know anything about it of course she just gets extra cuddles now and again and treats but um and um there is something that's become very much more apparent to me is around our own kind of um manifestation as humans over thousands of years and that is historically it's still embedded deep within us to walk for miles and miles a day because we were we are literally you know we're born of tribal nomads who traveled the world you know looking foraging for food traveling into different areas and 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 not being stationary um so they were relatively constantly moving there are still tribes in the, in the world that do a little bit of that but it's very much minimized compared with what it used to be but walking is something we are designed to do to you know lubricate the joints move our bodies use our bodies and the western societies we live in most of the people don't have any need to do that um so i completely get um yeah that's a great answer um thank you for sharing that with us jeff that's that's awesome and and actually for clarifying those benefits so so very clearly for us as well if you have one what is the one thing you tend to keep in the dark about yourself i read that question before and that's a super good question i am i am if you get me in a conversation, I'm an open book. I'm very easy and and willing to converse and express my full self um, in that capacity. Now, there's there are some things like when my mother passed away, I inherited some money and I sold the family home. And so I have been very, very, uh, what is the word, graced with the opportunity to have financial means that have supported my travels and, you know, all the courses I've, I've been able to do for so many years. And something about that rarely comes up because sometimes people ask, well, how do you afford it? How do you, how do you live the way you do? And, and I, I, I mean, I make a living like I do now have transferred that and, and, and create work from that and create, um, you know, an, an abundant um, exchange from my being able to share my gifts. But that's that's one thing that I felt was definitely a, a head start in that something very I'm very grateful for and very appreciative that that I was bestowed that and and that I could make something really meaningful out of that. And so 
sometimes I feel a little inadequate, so to speak, of talking with somebody who's like, okay, well, how did you get started? And how, and, and, um, how do I make, how do I become financially viable, like overnight and everything like that? Yeah. And I can and yeah, understand so I, that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I, I've had a similar experience. I've had a similar experience in recent years, um, and that's related to me finalising my divorce. Um, I'll be quite open about this as well, and I, I hadn't really related to this as being something that, uh, not, not that I have any difficulty sharing because I'm about to share it, but it's not something that's been particularly on my radar as a discussion point, just like you, you suggested here. Hmm. So I finalised my divorce, um, I think it was three years ago, um, Maybe two, no, just over two years ago, and that essentially has allowed me to 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 put money into self development, just like you did. Um, that's how I know you actually through some of the courses that we, you know, we've been associated with, and, and that's how we've crossed um, paths, as it were. And and likewise, you know, without that money, I wouldn't have be having this conversation. Um, I wouldn't have had the ability to start to develop my skills and start to really, you know get to grips with my um, particular issues around my uh, my own mind and what I was available to, to, to kind of be available for in, in world, the world and life, as it, so to speak. Um, so, yeah, but thanks for sharing that. I, I get it, it's not one that it, – it's one of those questions that – because money, money for me, and I'm sure it's probably the same for you, I don't, I don't really – as long as there's as long as I can pay eat, eat and pay the bills I'm not really after riches and wealth hey. uh, I, I want to be content peaceful and do something I enjoy doing um, I don't I don't do things for money I do things because I enjoy them I think we're both very thankful to, <laughs> in our lives exactly. that we found that spa that space and um, you know this conversation is one of them you know I, I can afford the time like you can to, to be here on this call and get to know each other and share our you know our understanding of each other with the world and um, money really is like completely is is it's, it's the bottom of the list in some respects. It's just a foundation of being able to do all this other stuff, which has some importance, but it's not a primary factor as why we're here. <laughs> exactly. Where are you winning in life right now? Oh, my gosh. I, in so many ways. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love that question because it, it puts our attention on where, where am I winning? And then I get to feel that and I get to celebrate that and I get to experience that. So I'm, I'm winning in terms of my lifestyle and my health. It's very healthy, very well, very balanced. And in terms of, and I say that with so much gravity and so much appreciation because even, even after losing weight, it still wasn't easy. I still had a very dysfunctional relationship with food, even with fitness. That, that was all part of my healing journey of how can I be around food and be easy around food and and be able to take care of my body in a way that doesn't feel so stressful, like um, being on a hamster wheel. And so I'm really grateful for and celebrating that. I embrace nature. I live in a place right now where I can, where I am close to nature. I can go see the sunrise from a five minute walk off water. I can go swim in that water. I like the experience of swimming in the cold water. It, it completely shifts my energy and gets me excited for the day. And I have, and, and that's another thing I'm celebrating and winning is, is that I have these tools and, and they're not just sitting on the shelf getting dusty. I use my tools for myself and I use them in the way that I engage and work with other people. 
I'm winning and that I'm cr- very easily creating opportunity for myself these days. And that is teaching workshops, uh, meeting and, and connecting with community. I'm here in North Carolina currently in a place called Wilmington. And this is, it's new to me. I, I For most of the lockdowns, even though I wasn't really locked down, I was spending most of my time in my dad's house with my dad. But it's a very, uh, my dad and I are, Tremendous. We're great buds and we're very close. His lifestyle is very different than mine. And so I, I really wanted to be more in my lifestyle and more readily available in that, that vibration, so to speak. So I, I've made it out here and it has been everything I've wanted and more. Um, I get a beautiful forest that I can go see the sunset through on the water as well. It's just mind blowing. It's these very like really simple things that I love and adore that are there that I have. And here I, you know, my computer's right here. It's the workstation. I'm um, scheduling meetings and yoga teacher training and travel plans. It's like everything that I want is, is happening. And, and that is uh, in large part to, I would say just, having the mindset of looking for opportunity, looking for the wins, knowing myself and going out there and getting it. So everything, everything is winning, man. Awesome, brother. I I love that. Yeah, it's great, right? And I think what's even, not even, but um, what's really great about it is is the fact that you – I and a number of um, many people that we're aware of collectively, the two of us, you know, in in some of the communities we're in, have flourished in this, what's been a, you know, societally has been a very, very difficult time. And many individuals have had really, really difficult struggles. And, um, and of course, not least, many people have lost close relatives or friends um, in difficult situations, difficult circumstances. So um, wonderful, brother. I'm glad you're winning in such a big way in your life. That's awesome. Thanks for putting my attention there. Where do you experience a sense of impossible right now, if you do? And how do you intend to, to progress this into the realm of the possible? Great. I, I do. So just coming off the, the tails of the, of the of the question of where am I winning? Like, it, of course, there when my attention goes there, there's so much to celebrate and be grateful for. And that is not to omit that I have challenges and difficulties and and moments of trying to figure it out and and growing pains too, like growing pains, growing as a, a yoga teacher, trainer, as a facilitator, as a coach, uh, creating um, the abundance that I want financially and, and really to be able to continue to do more of what I want to do. And so I know there's possibility there and I'm working towards creating that. And I'm finding myself uh, having a better relationship with the process of making, of getting myself to do what I want to do, what I really love to do. So there's what I love to do, which is to be on podcasts, which is to be in front of a group of people teaching them or facilitating a workshop or um, talking about meditation or self-development. I love it. Or exercising or walking out in nature, et cetera. I love it. And there's the, the, in terms of me pursuing and activating in what I want to do in, in terms of career, 
there is the other side of logistics, of spending time on a computer, of checking messages and emails and replying and all that stuff that, that for this one here that can hardly stay still for more than 20 minutes, um, you know, that stuff is, it can, it can feel like a grind. And I am finding myself more appreciating that process because the more I'm willing and the more I allow myself to, to do that, the more opportunity I'm creating for, for me to do what I love. And the vision I have is, is to do the, is to do this and to put systems in place that allow me to do even more of what I like to do more of the time and less of the time, the, the aspects of what I don't like to do. So that's, that would be the, where sometimes I feel limited or sometimes there's doubt, or sometimes it, it could just feel heavy and dense. And my way of creating the possibility and, and working through that is to be, be a student of the experience and to do what I know works. And that is to put myself out there and cre cre literally create the opportunities and let the vision, let the vision, let, let all the beauty that has to unfold and come towards me, come in its own beautiful divine way without feeling like I need to have it all figured out. Yeah. That that's, um, this is the masterful part of owning your own life, isn't it? It's, it's actually, I, I have similar stories around certain of <laughs> things that I do as well. You know, I, I've spent two hours this morning doing administration work, writing programs mm -hmm. and, and sending emails and communicating with different people. And um, there is a heaviness to that for me. Likewise, there's a heaviness to doing accounting, which is also going Same. on at the moment in my life. Um, because it's they're not there they're just the nuts and bolts of actually making this process of me enjoying the work I do and they have to happen because they are part of it but they're also the part that is less enjoyable shall we say um if you put it in that context but but it it does have a heaviness to it but it's all part of the process um so thanks for sharing that and that, that that's helped me reflect on that as well it, yeah. it, they, they are but, but this is where um, you know, it, this, this is part of running your own, being your own master as well in terms of running your yeah. own business. Um, and I've been, I've been self-employed for 20 years now, in, initially in different areas, but um, the last 10 years has been with fitness and, and health and wellness with people. And um, when you, uh, uh, there's a lovely, uh, I really like the dovetailing of different activities that I do in my business. Um, and then there are times when it feels like it needs to be done <laughs> and yeah. it's always the needing to be done. Even the stuff that I enjoy sometimes needs to be done. Yeah. You know, I could be low on energy on a particular day or, or not quite feel, you know, as, um, as alive and alert on some days. And, and sometimes it does feel a bit heavier doing the stuff I, I know I enjoy. Um, but it's interesting how we can, how relationship, our inner voice around conversation, yeah, around how we relate to these things works. And um, I had a really successful two hours this morning doing the work. I got everything done. Um, and um, so I came out of that energized because I ticked five or six different activities off. And um, But yeah, it, it's still an area for growth for me and certainly working alone, those things are always going to be there. And actually, even if you've got, somebody who's an assistant or a partner who's doing the similar thing and they maybe prefer some of those activities that you you know you don't enjoy as much shall we say um or feel heavy around um 
there's still you still have to deal with things. There are always going to be things in our lives that are heavier than other things. Um, in fact, it's like the light and the dark, the yin and, yin and the yang, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. There's always the opposing or the opposites, which you'll have the yin and yang sorted, I'm sure, in the energetic sense. Great question, great answer, brother. Thank you. Um, mm. What question have I not asked you that you would like to be asked so you can answer now? Question. <laughs> and there may not be one. There doesn't have yeah. to be one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there isn't one at this moment. Cool. Absolutely cool. Is there any question you're glad I didn't ask? Um... I am the, the the going back to the other question. You can ask me my relationship status. Okay, cool. Uh, what's your relationship status? I'm single. <laughs> Whoa! Yes. Here we go. <laughs> me too. <Yes. laughs> <laughs> I mean, you you mentioned earlier how you flourish being single and being being on your own and doing doing your own thing. Is that a um, is that a situation that you are clear is how you want to be? Uh, do you, are you investigating relationships? Do you yeah. do you have you know different people that you see in terms of deeper friendship shall we say how does that work relationship has been fat like very fascinating theme from for my life because it's very important for me and also there's been a lot of growth and understanding in it and i and i've just come out of um a pretty long relationship almost a year and that ended a couple of months ago month and a half ago and it was long distance and and one of the unique paradoxes well unique for me in my experience of my life is this overwhelming sense of needing to be free and to be able to move and etc and also a, a draw toward relationship and connecting deeply with others intimately and I, I get some of that met that that kind of quality of connection met just by being in the work that I'm doing because it's in essence a deeper connection with others when we're facilitating and the, you know, the intimacy of being with a partner and having that relationship and creating that is another level. So while I have been single for most of my adult life, the relationships I've had have been um, very, very interesting and very dynamic and very uh, a lot of like passionate. And then there's, you know, the part of me that, wants to uh in some sense avoid relationship because i know there's this freedom in me too so it's it's easier for me to be free and be single and there's there's a ton of value and richness in relationships and so that's been a it's been a very fascinating aspect of my life um so yeah but i put it out there i'm you know i'm i'm single and i i say that i say that as much to just jokingly put it on the podcast but it is for me to also own it and be available and and have have that be known and that's okay yeah yeah i i i get that as well it, the, the, it's interesting what I'm, I'm finding with these podcast interviews is how much more relatable in terms of dynamics of 
owning my own self and how others relate to being in relationship or not. Um, and, you know, we have similar deep training in terms of understanding identity and how past stories from our childhood, more specifically than the adulthood in some ways, um, impact how we interact with others. And for me, there's definitely, I'll be completely honest with you, the last, so I separated from my wife seven years ago, just over. Um, I then lived in the same house for over four years for various reasons, which I won't go into now, but um, I had a, I've had four different relationships in that period of time, uh, for different ranges of time, and I definitely in the last three three years, two and a half to three years, have related my relationships as me learning who I am in relationship, yes, and understanding how how as uh, literally as I've progressed from one person to the next, it wasn't like I meant to do it, right? I had good intentions in each relationship and wanted to be, to be the best person I could be. Um, but I learned in going through that process how to, how I, how much I'd become a better, healthier, more self-aware, more embodied human um, to the point where now I know if I have another relationship, there's a complete freedom for me about letting it be the way it's going to be. Right. Of course, I have every intention to be creating a solid, stable, all a total communication and, you know, awareness of each other, um, joy and potential in a relationship. Uh, and I'm also aware that I'm now able to walk away from something without trauma, without upset from my past, which was what was happening with me in early relationships and what was happening all the way through my relationship to my wife, which, um, you know, I, I, similar to you, had a, a point in time where I knew there was a moment when I thought that I, I can't be here anymore yeah. and I yeah. knew I had to leave. Um, but as I say, since then, just as you've identified yourself, it, it's that sense that I can really just be, I'm, I'm a sovereign in myself and um, not being selfish in any way. It's just I can own who I am and I can merge with another in a completely harmonious way that is beautiful. And if it doesn't work, it's fine. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Jeffrey, thank you so much for coming on the show. Please share with us anything you'd like, additional you'd like to share with us and uh, anything you're up to and um, where people can find you. Dude, it's been a pleasure to have this conversation with you. Thank you. It, it always lights me up to, to share and to talk about the journey and, and hopefully inspire, inspire others to make those decisions or to, to consider our lives and bring that consideration into where can we grow, where can we um, get more of this beauty, beautiful richness of life. And so you can find me on... Um, you can go to my website, which is Hefe Living, and Hefe is spelled J-E-F-E. -E. That's a nickname, and and it was a nickname I had for about a year and a half of you know friends who of who are of Spanish or Cuban descent would, would start calling me Hefe, and I thought it was just Jeff with a Spanish accent. It turns out Hefe means boss, means it means leader, it means. Um, Oh, does yeah, it? exactly. And, <laughs> Fantastic. and, and, it, and it, it's stuck. It's stuck in a sense that, you know, I, I before I knew what it meant, I, I loved being called Hefe. It felt 
like, you know, like that person was really my friend, a good friend. And anyway, um, when I realized what it meant and I wanted to create my brand, I wanted to bring Hefe, which is a part of me, but also it's the embodiment of taking full responsibility, taking full leadership in our life. So Hefe Living is, is about being our own boss. It's about being our own leader. And in that way, taking, taking, allowing all that life can give to us with, which is, which comes with the responsibility of living life. And so that's around the, the facilitation of meditation and self-development and the uh, various courses and trainings I have, you can see on my website, hefeliving.com. You can follow me on Instagram at hefe, J-E-F-E underscore A-F. That, again, that's me doing my thing. Um, <laughs> you, you'll see, I mean, I don't. I, I promote some stuff there. I promote some courses on Instagram stories so you can see what I'm up to. But mo- mainly it's just pictures of nature. <laughs> That that that's what I love. <laughs> it's yeah. like mine. Pictures of yeah. my dog. <laughs> uh, exactly. And if you are if you are inspired or interested in, in learning more about trainings like yoga teacher training or some of the other trainings and experiences I've gone on, whether I'm uh, giving a training or whether you just want to have a conversation about that kind of experience to um, level up, to jump it, dive, dive deeper into life and into awareness and to grow, I'm loving having conversations like that so i am totally there for you send me a message and we can connect i love to connect so those are the places you can find me shoot me an email or or message on instagram and and i'll and i'll get back to you for sure fantastic brother um I will now call you Hefe from now on. I, I knew I knew that was a nickname that I'd heard, but I, I wasn't aware of how, the relevance <laughs> of it. Um, and because we'd not really spoken right. particularly before as well as on via messaging um, and me attending a couple of your classes, of, as, as, as people know, um, I wasn't aware that the, um, the, the depth of that, uh, that naming. And it's interesting, is it, because Hefe... Uh, my mother lives in Spain. I've been to Spain num- numerous times, and um, it took me a while to get used to the fact that the J is an yeah. H is spelt. It's said like yeah. an H, so <laughs> so I really get the Mexican connection there with the uh, kind of Spanish or whatever in terms of language. That's awesome, brother. Thank you, Jeffrey, so much. Thank you. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure to get to know you better, and thank you for being so open to sharing your journey, sharing everything about you to to, to a great degree. So. I look forward to speaking to you soon, brother, and have a great, wonderful day. Likewise, Cheers, brother. brother. Thank you so much. For contact details of today's guest, as well as my own, please check the show notes. Thank you for listening today. And I've one final request. Live your impossible life.